Ken Miller, Trent Condon. They are Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Hi, good morning, everybody, and welcome in. It's Miller and Condon. We're on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, and with you for the next couple of hours as we talk sports with you. A very busy program coming up. We're going to do a lot of local, especially in the first hour going to head to Indianapolis. Uh, Dylan Mons from the Ames Tribune is set up down there at the Combine. He was uh, he was got to Indy yesterday. He's been filing a lot of stuff uh, in the 24 hours or so that he's been there at AmesTrib.com. We will catch up with him at about 1025. A lot of Combine, a little bit on Texas, Iowa State uh, tomorrow as the uh, Longhorns will host the Cyclones in a big game for both schools. Uh, Iowa State coming off a win uh, seemingly days ago. Well, it was. It was but Monday night uh, against Oklahoma, Texas back on the floor after just peeing down their leg, Trent Condon, is what they did, as they had a, what looked like an insurmountable lead against Baylor, but that wasn't the case. As the Bears come roaring back and win by a point in, uh, in overtime. I've seen a few of those here lately, some big comebacks going back to the Duke-Louisville and a few others. Well, of course, Iowa was involved. Uh, Virginia-Louisville. Duke Louisville. Well, there was also a Virginia Louisville comeback from a couple of Saturdays ago. Okay, that was. Um, remember, I watched that game on the ACC network ah, on yes. Channel Seven Ninety. Yes, yes. And they were down big in that one too. So, by the sounds of things, Louisville has not been good at closing out games. <laughs> Very true. Very true. <laughs> Apparently so. So we'll uh, we'll do that with Dylan. Then Tom Cakert slides on in here at ten forty five. We'll take a look at Rutgers and Iowa. How do you feel about that game tomorrow? I mean, Nicholas Bear's senior day. It is. You know, the suspension to Fran McCaffrey, and we haven't talked since then, is you had the day off yesterday. Uh-huh. Yes, you As worked. I was uh, doing basketball. It, uh, I like Iowa's chances of playing well almost better. Mm-hmm. It felt like they were grinding to the finish here, just yeah, trying to find a way. True. I, I think, in fact, I said maybe to one of our Hawkeye guys earlier in the week, I'm grabbing the points with Rutgers. I, I'm grabbing those points Sight unseen, whatever the point spread is. And I probably at the point, at that point agreed with you or nodded my head if I didn't say anything, nodded my head to you, which isn't good radio. Um, but <laughs> I now, would have agreed with you early in the week is where I'm going. Now, you tell me, you think that this is going to be the galvanizing force hmm. that brings them together. Okay. Sounds when like one, you're writing a script. For the Gipper, our coach was MFing people. Let's, yeah. let's win one for him. But that's not the biggest story to me. Oh. How about the story? Oh, the I know McCaffrey. where you're going. If this is true, and I've seen nothing that says it isn't, and that, and we should put this out. The producer, you've seen him a million times, folks. You might have no idea who. Well, if you're a Hawkeye fan, you do. He's always sitting beside Dolphin Bobby, right next to. Him. He's the producer. Uh, whether it's football or, I mean, this guy, what a cush job he's got, right? Yes. And he gets on the team playing, whether it's football or basketball. On-site engineer everywhere. On-site engineer Cover, goes to all the bowl games, all the tournament games. And essentially plugs in the microphone to the box. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm as mechanically challenged as anyone in the world. I've Honest learned this. It's a true story. Yeah. I think I could do what he does. Yeah? And it's repetition, right? I mean, it'd probably take me a month to get it. Yeah. But then he sits courtside with his arms crossed constantly. Hearing and everything. Maybe, maybe touches the dial a little bit. Yeah, turn mm-hmm. me up a little bit, because oh, I can't. Mm-hmm. So he turns the knob up a little bit, and then he crosses his arms again, and he goes back to enjoying the best seat in the house. It's a pretty good place to be. But he, where he's he in between McCaffrey, that's true, and Dolph. Yeah, no, you're, I bet you, boy, he could write a book. Oh yes. Um, 
Yeah, you could really write a book. But where you're going, and before I interrupted you to provide a little more color, which mm-hmm. wasn't needed, finish the story because it's brilliant. It's a in, in a school who is known for time after time after time making the wrong PR blunder, and they are blunders. It's been disastrous. Right. And Even, this isn't anything – this isn't short term. No, remember, go back to when McCaffrey got hired. Let's get mad again. Yes. Right? Steve Alford trying to get – who let the hawks out instead of who let the dogs out going in the student section? One of the dumbest things. I don't thing. remember that. Oh, yeah, that, that was happening as I was a student at Iowa, and it was who atrocious. Who let the hawks out? So, quick aside. Okay. I was coming back from, I spent a summer in Italy doing some classes over there mm-hmm. and, and uh, working at a military base. And so I came back, and as I got back late August and right as school starting, there's this song, Who Let the Dogs Out? That was sweeping the nation. Sadly. And I said... What? What happened in the three months I was away that this is what people believe is good music? Mm-hmm. And it phased out after a month or two, but still. You sound like you're getting I was ahead, a little old. Well, no, I was, I was ahead of the curb. This is a great song. And Steve Alford tried to make it part of the awful. I think, Blunders have gone back a long time true. at Iowa. No, no doubt about it. And, and honestly, I, I think that uh, that song probably, sadly, still plays at uh in arenas throughout the oh, country. Oh, I'm sure, yeah. yeah. I think it does. Anyways, finish your story because it's a brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. I think, anyway, maybe that's a little... Maybe I should take back one brilliant. It's a really good idea. The radio show, Fran McCaffrey's Coaches Show. Wednesday still, night. Still happens. Mm-hmm. Even on a suspension, he still has that. Mm-hmm. Bobby Hanson was there, though. I yep. obviously know Gary Dolphin as he is suspended. And as they were conversing, Fran McCaffrey, uh, according to the tweet here from Kevin, the on-site engineer... Told Bobby Hanson tonight that he asked Gary Dolphin to watch the Rutgers game with him in the locker room Saturday. That's awesome. That is smart. That is really, really good. Because look at they. This is this is a school that needed a PR positive PR bump. Yes, I think this one got one. I really do. Yeah. This is a really good idea because we've all heard the stories of there's no love lost. The Margaret McCaffrey uh, being verbally abused by a Wisconsin fan who somehow got dolphin seats and that may have been what's behind this or certainly reason. And then the Macy Daly thing from mm-hmm. earlier this year compounded it. They're both suspended. There's no reason that Dolph, I wouldn't think, can't be in the building. We know Fran's going to be there. He's got senior day festivities to look after. Watch the game together. Brilliant move. It, it really is. And it's, I don't know if it, there's no blue check mark. The, the engineer has got, yeah, doesn't have enough followers to get the blue check mark. But I'm taking it because I haven't seen anything uh, since it was tweeted, what, a couple of days ago that, mm-hmm. you know, fake story. This isn't real, guys. It's a great idea. Anyways. It, it is. And, and something uh, positive, like, because, I mean, the narrative. It feels real in a way mm-hmm. that Fran McCaffrey wants Gary Dolphin fired. That that is a yeah. prevailing thought that is right. out there. At the very least, you would think this alleviates it. Oh, in a big uh, way. And and then you'll have Chattel write a column or Dolphin. You know, we'll, we'll see something from documentaries. Somebody will become all right. This mm-hmm. is the truth behind it. Yes, are there t- tense moments? Absolutely. They bury in the axe, and hopefully they're not doing it, you know, in each other's back. But Trent, it's it's really good. I would love to see, and I would love to pay. Um, you know, put a little camera in there, put a box up in the corner of it. You know, ESPN when they have those championship games, yes. they have all those coaches. Yeah, they have those alternate channels. Would you love to? I would love to hear. Well, you'd have to. It wouldn't be network, so you could get away with some colorful just language. Just live stream it. Make it a. Make it a podcast. I, I certainly would listen to that. Them watching the game. Yes. What's going on and what they're talking about and who else is there. Right. 
brilliant. I, I think it would be absolutely unbelievable. That probably will not happen. We no. unfortunately will not be privy to what's going on in there. But a PR when they needed one. At the very least, here's step one of many steps that the University of Iowa needs to to come back. I to. hope there's a second step. I wouldn't go many steps. I would <laughs> sign for a second positive step right now for them. <laughs> Anyways, uh, they got a tough spot tomorrow at Rutgers. I think this can be a good basketball game. You've kind of said uh, uh, how you feel about it. You've changed your, uh, from earlier in the week. You think that uh, that Iowa wins. Look, I hope they do. I want them to stay in that sixth spot. Ohio State's playing good basketball right now. The last couple of games have been positive for them. Uh, so we shall see. Meanwhile, Iowa State goes on the road to take on a, a Texas team that's just... I mean, you got to be smarting after that. Trent, they let one that... This wasn't even... It looked, honest to God, that Baylor did not want to be on the floor early in that game. They no doubt. really didn't. Yeah. I don't know what Scott Drew did at halftime to re-engage his guys, but for 25 minutes or whatever it was, this was as one side of a game as you're going to see in the Big 12. And yet uh, Baylor comes alive, sends it to overtime, and wins it in overtime. And, you know, Texas is playing without Roach, and he's suspended. And I haven't seen anything that says he's going to be back for tomorrow's game. Smart said he was suspended indefinitely. Um... You know, I mean, the conspiracy theorists are going to be out there. Well, they got beat on uh, whenever it was, Tuesday or Wednesday earlier this week. Does the indefinite suspension mean one game or do they continue it on? And Ostakowski, their big kid who's, uh, he's not the most, he's more of a will guy than a skill guy, but he's a big guy at the same time and he's a big body. Mm -hmm. He was sick, didn't play a minute against Baylor. He was in the locker room throwing up the entire time, apparently. So he'll be good to go tomorrow, at least you would think. And it, it's going to be a tough spot for Iowa State, I think. I really don't, because as we said on Tuesday, we have no idea what that win over Oklahoma meant. Oklahoma was awful. Yeah, they were bad. They were awful. And it, it's hard It's hard to get a handle on this Iowa State team. Here we are now, first day of March. I don't know. Yeah, this, this time last year, Iowa's season was ending. It was. It was their last this, this game of the year. This was the last game of the year. This was the day of the Michigan mm-hmm. game. Yep, turn the clock back. One year, 365 days ago, they were packing the uniforms away till fall. I am so happy that, A, the Big Ten is not playing a week earlier their conference right? tournament. Yep. It just it was difficult. Mm-hmm. And the way the calendar breaks this year when everybody... Sometimes we will get, you know, the Final Four will be played way early in April. Now, the way the calendar breaks this year, what is it, the 6th and the 8th? The final four are the Saturday, and then the Monday, I think, is the six and the eight. So, yes, just, it is six it, and eight. Yep. It sets up so I know. It just pushes things back I'm with you. a little bit more. This should happen all the time. And you know what else needs to happen? What's Speaking that? of college athletics, mm. then after we finish that up and we get through the Masters, it's when the NCAA Wrestling Championship should be. Oh, you should hold it then. I see what you're saying. Because there's nothing going on. It's a no. mid- game 13 of mm-hmm. baseball. Mm-hmm. And right. what else? We'll talk about it, though. Oh, don't, we, be, don't be killing game oh. 13. <laughs> yes, we have to do two hours on game 13. And we will. And we will. But if NCAA Wrestling had that time, mm, good point. just move your calendar back yeah. a month. You are completely enclosed. Yeah, what's the rush? That's an excellent point. I've never understood this. I've talked to wrestling coaches. I've talked to brands about it before. I've talked to Gable. I've talked to Schwab. I've talked to coaches across... And, and what's the what's the what's the consensus amongst them? Doug Schwab, who, admittedly, I played high school baseball with, so Doug and I know each other for a long time. Mm-hmm. When I brought this up, now he's like one of the younger coaches in D one wrestling. He's with me, but it's the old guard, the way that this has always been done. Another component to this, though, is you put put that push that calendar back. Now this is a two semester sport. When we're talking about a two. It's one thing for basketball team. These are guys cutting weight. 
if you push that back and make it just a one semester sport, doesn't that make sense for these kids and to get through the holidays? You would think, Trent. Yes, excellent points. I, mean, I know yeah. there are calendars, there are other things that are out there, but if you're looking to elevate your sport, another argument is because finals are when May. Yep. A- another argument is, well, why would we have to do that? We sell out every year. Okay, for your base of sixteen, eighteen thousand people, you've that are got going to nationals them, Trent. Year. They have them already. Yes. You're looking to elevate, to yes, build your expand. sport. expand. Find an area in the calendar that makes sense. I'm out. Well, don't worry. I'll have this. I'll be on the soapbox again another time or two in March. But I just, I love wrestling. You know I love wrestling. Mm-hmm. But I hardly watch as much as I want to because the NCAA tournament's on. Yep. Am I going to watch a, a round of 16 matchup between a kid from you and I and Cornell? No. Or am I going to be watching a round of 32 game between Duke and Seton Hall? Yes. It's a no-brainer. No. It's a no-brainer. Right. Well, you'll be gambling on it too, well, so that's going to. You can gamble on gambling. Both, by did the you way. see? Well, true, but yeah. you have a better opinion. I, <laughs> more educated on hoops, or maybe, maybe not. Um, Register put out an interesting poll on sports wagering. Apparently, more Iowans are not in favor of sports wagering than there is uh, those group that are in favor of sports wagering. Really, fifty-two percent of Iowans, according to this poll, and I don't know who the. Uh, people that did the poll were, but apparently it's pretty well respected. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of them, a lot of them, sadly, are you know my age. Okay, don't want this happening. Mm-hmm. Don't need it. Expanded gambling. Look, I'm, I'm not killing anybody's opinion. That's their opinion. Um, but it, it does not sway me one bit from what I believe is going to happen. Poll or no poll, majority of Iowans are, are not. There's just too many powerful groups that are behind this right now, and I don't think that the um, uh, that the other side is is well represented. Yeah, I mean the casinos are powerful, powerful group, and they're united, and that makes them even more powerful. It's not like there's three or four different casino groups all coming forward. There's one, and well, it's one voice, and that uh, that resonates. Trust me. Is is this? I, I don't. Maybe it's just my age and the group of people that I hang around with. That's. Almost a shocking number to me. Yeah, I was, I was, I was really surprised too. It was, uh, it was, it's in today's paper. It was posted online uh, yesterday, I think, and um, I was, I was really surprised. Don't want college games, like a big number yeah. of people do not want college games to be part of this uh, because it leads to this is what their take is, right? Malfeasance. Yes. yes. Look, is on the surface, do they have a point? Well, yeah. I mean, it's going to be more readily available, you would think, but. It's integrity, folks. You have to. Uh, you have to do this. And I could it could a scandal happen? Yeah, but it happens now without legalized gambling. Right. Right. My point exactly. Northwestern, right. Arizona State. Yeah. No. It's 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 going it's back to their fifties and CCNY, mm-hmm. Boston College. <laughs> Doctor Tom was there. Doctor Tom time. was there. Yeah. Uh, a couple of things from yesterday from the NFL. What do you make of the Jason Witten story? Is Jason Witten really going to play for the Dallas Cowboys, or is he saving face and the Cowboys? I don't know. I mean, he was Threw him a lifeline. Yes, he was, what, 36 when he retired, 37 in the broadcast booth. He's going to go back next year and try and play after, A, he's at an age where most NFL careers are over. Yes. I mean, 95% of guys are younger than 36 years old in the NFL. 99%. Well, a big number, right? So now this this guy is a guy that's going to take a year off. I mean, I don't know if he's been training, if he's been lifting. Mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't know that. but And he's going to try and make it back. My first thought was, is, you know what? They're doing him a solid here because he wasn't very popular. And he's very popular in Dallas. And he's been, by all accounts, a, a model citizen on and off the field. Did a lot in the community. And are they throwing him a... Might he 
get hurt in training and he's got to shelve the comeback, but by then it's too late. ESPN mm-hmm. has filled the slot with Lou Riddick or Randy Warner Moss. Or Randy, Randy Moss. Good one. Um, and yeah, sorry, Jason, but your spot's taken. Is I think this so. a safe face measure, potentially? I, I can absolutely buy Too that. Too much conspiracy theory, or you no. in on this yeah, one? Yeah, th- this is not tin hat sitting in your basement <laughs> right. in your undies. No, th- that's not the... There's plenty of those theories out there, uh-huh. and sometimes I've subscribed to some of them, too. Sure. I don't think this is one of them at all. ESPN. The problem that I had with Witten, early on, it was awful. It, it yeah. really was. I, you know what happened for me? I felt bad for him. I did, too. I, I started watching him and, and, and finding any... Small little nugget yeah. that made him sound like you know what this guy's catching on, and he could never, he could never build his quote unquote character. And no. in a, at a a position like that with Monday Night Football, that's what you need. Mm-hmm. You're you're an X's and O's guy. You're a right. funny guy with Kornheiser and, and bringing Dennis up Miller, Miller, Dennis yeah. Miller in there, and those kind of things. They, but then you go back to just the different. The different people have their different avenue, and he never quite – maybe he could have been that folksy kind mm-hmm. of guy, but he never quite got it. And at the end, he was trying to make fun of himself at times. You know, yep. He had the, the misstep, and he, yep. but it just never quite worked. But most importantly, he never got better. Yeah. I never felt like he was better at See, the I end of the I thought he year. was a little better, but again, maybe it was me, and I was, I was feeling sorry for him a little bit. Yeah. Look, it, it's, not everybody can be Tony Romo, right? Walk off yeah. the field into a booth. Peyton Manning probably could have done it. Uh, there's guys that I think probably could have done it. Mm-hmm. Jason Witten, ESPN, for whatever reason, thought he could do it, and they plucked him right down into... No, the, the chair doesn't have the oomph that it once did. I mean, Monday Night Football right. is no longer what it once was, right? But just to take a guy off the field and park him in, in MNF was, um, I thought, a little bit unfair. The other thing from yesterday, Kyler Murray... Five ten. He's five ten. Now he's put on seventeen pounds. He's actually weighs more than Russell Wilson did. He apparently played at like a buck eighty. Showed up yesterday at the combine uh, and was like it was two oh seven, I think. So he put on significant weight. So he must have played at one ninety. Ken, your math is a little <laughs> off. Um, but apparently, now now the concern is well, is that going to do anything to affect the speed? Right, right. I mean, is that weight in cheeseburgers or is that weight in muscle? Well, I would. Here's what I anticipate. I mean, he he passed his test. I don't even know if he's going to do anything at the combine. He needed to show up at the combine, get that in his sock into his socks, and get underneath the the height measurement, and then step on the scale. Pass both of those with flying colors. Go back to Oklahoma, train for your pro day, throw there, run there, blow everybody away, and PA Paul Allen, who's there. I read his blog at kfan.com. He's got a, on his show page just uh, going over some of the rumors mm-hmm. that he's hearing from being in Indianapolis. And again, you've got a, out of every nine that you might get, nine or uh, ten you might get, nine are completely off the wall and have no chance of being ringing true. But the, the, the one regarding um, Murray is he's going to be drafted by the Arizona Cardinals with the first overall pick, and Josh Rosen's going to be a Miami Dolphin. It's not bad. It's not bad. Where are the Dolphins draft? They got to be top ten. Eighth, I want to. I think say it is. They're that... top ten. I think because I, I heard this conversation a bit yesterday, and then for whatever reason, eight sticking in my head. So but... Josh Rosen for the eighth pick. He was what the tenth pick last year. Mm-hmm. He's had a year to train in the NFL. Maybe a late pick, a swap, a fifth, a sixth. You know, something in there to to sweeten it just a touch. But I like that move. I like it too. I like it for both sides. Mm-hmm. Kingsbury gets his quarterback. Yes, that he can work with. Um, Rosen gets a start in Miami, and yeah. I think Rosen can still be. 
I was a big Rosen fan when he was coming in. Trent, there's a lot of people that would tell you that if you go back to this time last year, the guy that's got the chance to be NFL ready right off the bat and have the mm-hmm. longest career is Josh Rosen. Not a- Darnold. Arizona fired their coach after a year. He did. That was not exactly the best situation for nope. a rookie to walk yeah, into. Good point. He's going to Miami. We'll see how that situation turns out. Exactly hasn't been mm-hmm. a wonderfully run organization for the last 25 years or so. Probably better in Arizona, though, even though Arizona does have a Super Bowl appearance during that time. And still, they should have won. Yes, they should have. That was such a remarkable pass. Antonio Holmes, Ben Mm -hmm. Roethlisberger. End of the first half. Oh, the end Harrison. Well, and if you take a look at that, it happened right in front of me. It was like there's at least two clear blocks in the back. I mean, just egregious miss. This is a Super Bowl we're talking about. Anyway, the other thing, it was... I guess good conversation. The AAF Alliance American Football mm-hmm. is. Did you see the list of teams that they want to expand to? Now again, this is a team that couldn't pay their payroll in week one, right? They've already come up with a list of possible expansion sites. Get ready, Des Moines. Where are they going to play? Drake. No, you're not going to play at Drake. Drake Stadium. Sign me up. Well, I'm not going to go, but no, it's it, look at. Football outdoors in February. This is basketball season in the state of Iowa. It is, yes. People are not going to give up a Saturday afternoon or a Saturday night. No, I'm not going to Hilton. You know what? I don't need to go to Carver. I'm just going downtown Des Moines to Forest Avenue to watch Des Moines take on San Antonio. Go have a cocktail at what? Peggy's? Is that the name of the place? Well, that used to be the place. I mean, it still is. That's the big uh, Drake Relay Bar. Um, But Jethro's across the street, so that's pretty close. And then go watch a little AAF. I just don't see it. I don't see it. Probably not. Probably not going to happen. Dillamont's is going to happen. He's next. He's from the Ames Tribune in in Indianapolis. He will join us. We'll talk Combine with Dylan Montz next. Tom Caker, 1045. Kevin Lehman's going to help Trent and I muddle our way through the Valley and the potential uh, what could happen there this weekend. He's called a whole bunch of games Kevin Lehman has, so we'll pick his brain on that. And Big Ten and Big 12 as well. Jason Symbol inside the numbers. And Claxons. In about an hour and 20 minutes, we're going to give away some barbecue. We will use the four in-state teams. What's the marquee college basketball game of the weekend? We do have a top 10 matchup. And what is it? The rematch with Kentucky and Tennessee. Oh, there you go. Is that the night game on ESPN on Saturday? I want to say it's an afternoon. Well, I've got their schedule in front of me, Trent Condon. The game is in Tennessee, right? Because it was in Lexington when they played earlier this year. 1 o'clock CBS national game for that one. That'll be your 1 o'clock game. There it is there, 4 versus 7, Virginia Pitt, really nothing there. What's the what's the prime timer on Saturday night? Well, the game that you should watch, if you're Baylor ready, K-State. That's the one that, for our interests, uh-huh. I'm sure you'll have circled. Yeah. 7.30, though, CBS Sports Network, 221 on your direct TV. Nevada, Utah State. Watch that. Really? I haven't seen Nevada in a while. Okay. Saw bits and pieces, a couple of their Mountain West games, but Utah State's really good. Mm-hmm. And I want to get another look at the Wolfpack before we get going. Utah State very well could be a tournament team, even as an at-large, mm. if, especially if they get this one. So I want to get a look there. Yeah, Baylor K-State will be number one. That's but certainly yeah. the, the flip-back channel is going to be 221 for me, Nevada, Utah State. And, and Houston plays when? Because that, that's where game day is. I want to see Houston. 3 o'clock. 3 o'clock. On ESPN? Yes. Against uh, Central Florida and Taco Fall. Seven foot six of them. 
Love Look Taco Fall. Uh, good stuff there. We'll take a timeout. Dylan Montz joins the program next. Trent and I are here with you until noon. Claxons giveaway 1145. Uh, it's Miller and Condon. We're on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. 24-hour sports anywhere in the world on iHeartRadio. This is 1460 KXNO. Forgot I had a show to do, Trent. Sorry about Soon. that. Soon. You'll be seeing this. I will, June. Live. Indeed, I will. Uh, we'll see. We're going to hear live right now from Dylan Mons. He's in Indianapolis. That's where you'll find the scouting combine. He had a lot of uh, opportunity yesterday with David Montgomery, who met the assembled media. Uh, Butler, I thought I saw Dylan tweet that that's tomorrow, but let's go right to the source and find out. Hello, Dylan, Trent, and Ken. How are you? Doing pretty well, guys. And yeah, uh, Montgomery was yesterday, and we'll actually get to uh, get a chance to talk to Butler today, and he'll do all his on-field testing tomorrow. So they kind of break it up into little segments like that. How are you finding it? I mean, it's your first foray into the uh, combine, which is just continues seemingly to grow every single year. I saw a picture of the media room that I don't even think is uh, in the stadium; it's across the street. It just gets bigger and bigger and bigger. Uh, how are you finding the access thus far? Yeah, the the access has been really good. Um, you, you get a lot of opportunity to kind of mingle around to different tables and talk to players in the designated times. But the the biggest thing that I've taken away is just kind of what you said, how, how big this event really is. And it's kind of, um, you know, it's unbelievable. Everybody kind of uh, congregates here, but you don't get to watch any of the testing live. Uh, you get to see the bench press and kind of the fan zone, the mix zone that they have, but... Uh, otherwise, it's just in the interview room and um, and then the TVs they have set up in the media room to kind of see what's happening in Lucas Oil Stadium. But that just kind of gives you an idea of, of how big a deal uh, the NFL is, that, that there'd be all these people here and you don't actually get to see any of the testing right. or, or any football for that matter. It's just it's, it's kind of unbelievable, but um, certainly a spectacle. All right, let's go fanboy for a moment, Dylan. Who's, Mel Kuyper Jr. is there for the first time. I don't know if you're a Kuyper fan. What was the guy that you've run across, media-wise or different, that you uh, kind of had that wow moment inside the media? Yeah, I saw Mike Florio set up yesterday, and mm-hmm. that was a pretty big one. Uh, Daniel Jeremiah from the uh, NFL Network. Mm-hmm. You know, I've seen him kind of going around. John Clayton, who used to be at ESPN, I saw him uh, walking around, too. And then uh, you know a number of coaches uh, saw Sean McVay, Pete Carroll, Matt Nagy, um, Ron Rivera, Mike Zimmer, uh, so... Really, it's, 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 you know, again, there's just so many people that come here for this kind of thing that you get to see pretty much everybody under the sun. Uh, I haven't actually seen Mel Kuyper because um, this is the first year that I think they're allowing a few um, uh, analysts and, and people like that into the stadium. So I think he's been over um, kind of on the field uh, watching some of that testing, so I haven't gotten a chance to run across him. But um, you know, almost everybody else you can think of has, has been through this this convention center at one point. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, David Montgomery is holding his cards pretty close to his vest as, as uh, regarding who he's spoken to as far as teams. 
Do you get the sense, I mean, how many do you think uh, have reached out to Montgomery that have set up an interview time with them? I, I, I've got to think that there's a ton of interest in this guy, I really do, whether it's a second-day pick, um, perhaps, a, you know, moves into the... I don't think he gets out of the second day. I really don't. I think that... Uh, well, I'd be surprised. Look, I thought Alan Desard was going to be drafted last year, too, and that didn't, uh, that didn't happen. Clearly, Butler's going to go first, but Montgomery's going to hear his name. How many teams is he speaking with? If you had to guess, because he's not coming right out and letting you know who he's talking to, and that's the right way to do it, in my opinion. Yeah, it was a different interview session where I heard Rodney Anderson, the, the back from Oklahoma, say that he had spoken to eight teams or was planning to uh, talk to eight teams. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if Montgomery was somewhere in that neighborhood. Um, Montgomery's projected a little bit higher, according to some analysts and, and experts, in terms of you know where running backs will be picked. But I, I'd say it was it, it'd probably be in the upwards of eight, ten, um, maybe a dozen teams, but. It sounds like the Eagles were were a team he for sure met with. There was a report um, that they had a formal meeting, and then he was asked about Doug Peterson and, and kind of talked about him a little bit. So mm-hmm. that was him confirming that one without necessarily confirming it. And then um, he was asked about the Chiefs a couple times, and then the New York Jets as well. So uh, a few different teams like that that you can maybe kind of gather he, he's talking to. But like you mentioned, he's he was pretty tight-lipped about exactly um, what teams or, or when and um, you know his his go to response was who knows. So um, yeah, he he certainly knows. Just is not going to share it. But I, I would guess that it's probably um, you know eight to twelve somewhere in that range. Dylan, as you look at David Montgomery, we know the physical nature, just how different that team was when he was out there and on the field. What is the knock against him in in, in NFL circles right now? Yeah, I think it, it's probably pass pro. Um, uh, and, and he did a good job with that. He, as far as I was being running backs, he was kind of their go-to guy with that. But I think, um, obviously, in the NFL, guys get bigger, and you, you're asked to do that a little bit more as a running back if you kind of shoulder the load there. And then um, I think people are wanting to see maybe what he can do in the 40 time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, he's kind of a little bit more of a bruiser and um, is, is can kind of get around you a little bit. But I want to. I think people want to see what kind of breakaway speed he has and what he can maybe do to get away from people. So I think that'll be interesting to see what he does. Uh, um, the offensive linemen are actually running now on the field, and uh, the running back should be coming up after that. I don't know if it'll be yet this morning or early this afternoon, but he's going to um, be a guy I think people are watching to see kind of maybe what he can showcase there. Hakeem Butler in a moment. I know that his, he's done his, his measurements. Um, we'll, get, we'll get to those. I guess he just blew people away. Uh, but, you know, regarding Montgomery, fi- final final thing on him, he's going to do everything, right? He's, he's the cone drill. He has said, you know, sign me up for everything. I'm here to showcase what I can do as opposed to, you know, some guys for whatever decision, and they're certainly uh, um, within their rights to do that if they want to save it for pro day. They don't elect to do do everything, but what I've heard is Montgomery's not going to miss a single thing. Yeah, absolutely. He said he would be out there to do every drill, the, the cones, the you know the, the different shuttle drills, the, the 40. Uh, he did bench press yesterday, which he got 15 at 225. So, um, yeah, he, he came here to kind of showcase himself a little bit and just be available for, for teams to kind of ask whatever they wanted to ask and see whatever they needed to see. So I think that's kind of uh, that's that's what everybody kind of comes here to do, and some guys pull out of different things. But he said, "No, he's gonna he's gonna be out there to do everything that they ask." The Iowa State angle, the guys that'll be replacing him. I know that question was asked of David Montgomery. What did he talk about? The guys that'll be taking over the running back spot for ISU. Yeah, he talked about Jairel Brock and Brees Hall a little bit, and said that um, you know he obviously hasn't been able to spend a, a ton of time around them, but that he, he's really kind of bullish on their future and 
and I think he called them studs, uh, they're going to be. But he really uh, dove in um, deep on Kanae Wongu, and he's a guy, obviously, that came in at the same time with that 2016 recruiting class. And, um, you know, Kanae's obviously dealt with some, some injuries and was held out all, all of uh, 2017 with the Achilles. Um, but I, I think, uh, you know, David Montgomery said, uh, you know, Kanae's a guy that can kind of do a little bit of everything you want. He has breakaway speed and um, can really kind of uh, dash past you. Yeah, I remember Lou Ianni said that um, he used to nickname him uh, Slash and Dash. Uh, so I think uh, Kanae certainly has the dash part of his game down. And, um, you know, I, I think now the, the kind of the responsibility of that room falls on Kanae because all those other guys are or younger, or less experienced. Um, so I think, uh, you know, it, it, it was kind of telling, I think, that he, he talked about him as much as he did. Uh, the Ames Tribune is at the Combine. Dylan Mons joins us. Uh, Hakeem Butler, you'll get an opportunity to speak with him today, as you told us earlier. But yesterday, he did his measurements, and the, the catchphrase with him is catch radius. Uh, and they're just salivating, seemingly, uh, teams about him. Tallest receiver there, hand size, arms, the length of his arms. Checks a lot of boxes, Dylan Mons. Uh, he is going to be if he slides out of the first round and there's some t- conversation that he may find his way into that depending how fast he runs when he gets his opportunity he's clearly going to be picked early seemingly uh in day number two but he is wowing the uh, scouts before he actually you know does the physical part of things yeah there was certainly some buzz uh, he measured in height wise that uh a little over six foot five so he's a, a little bit shorter than he was listed in college but his wingspan was almost seven feet so think that just kind of shows how much um uh, you know that catch radius that you talked about how how big that could be for him as, as long as arms he has i think um you know like you mentioned it was he had the, the he was the tallest guy that measured in among wide receivers had the uh, longest arms and then longest wingspan too so um he has kind of um, all the tangibles that you'd want but uh, people are going to be interested again kind of with montgomery to see how he runs and um, that can kind of be telling and how he breaks in and out of route. So that's that's kind of the biggest thing that um, Mel Kuyper and, and Daniel Jeremiah talked about. And that's, uh, you know, I, I think what a lot of scouts are waiting to see, what can this big guy do um, when you kind of get him uh, in, into a speed setting and, and have that breakaway ability and things like that. So with all of that, what's the, uh, let's say he runs a, a really good number and he his 40 time is, What's the highest upside? Are we talking about a guy that could be in the top half of the first round? How far could it go in your mind? Yeah, um, Mel Kuyper thinks if he can run a solid uh, 40, which maybe be like a – if he runs like a 4-4-5 four, four, or a 4-5-5, five, five, um, you know, I think that could put him in the conversation for the first round. I, I don't know if he'll, he'll quite sneak in there. Uh, I think there's a little bit uh, of a hill to climb mm-hmm. to, to get all the way in there, but I think – um, you know, second round is certainly a possibility. And, again, it's like with any guy. If a team falls in love with you, it's, it's really kind of hard to predict what, what some of those scouts are thinking. So one team could say, you know what, um, he, he runs a solid 40 time, and um, he, he's a little bit different because he's so big, but we really like the potential. We came out a year early. Um, we're going to go all in on him. So I, I think um, I can't imagine he slips past day two for sure. Um, but I think probably, um, you know, day one's a possibility later on in the first round. But uh, I think um, he, he kind of like Montgomery could be um, that second round possibility. Uh, just given, given kind of what teams could, 
could maybe see in his value. Dylan, great stuff. We'll read all your coverage at AimsTrib.com, AimsTrib.com. The Ames Tribune is at the Scouting Combine in Indianapolis. You'll be back Monday. When are you coming home? Yeah, I'm actually going to start making my way back Saturday. Nice. So I'll, I'll be back this weekend still and um, be ready to rock and roll again uh, next week. Okay, good stuff. Well, if you can, stop by, swing by, and we can do it in person. If not, we'll do it on the phone. But either way, we'll talk to you on Monday. Thank you for what you do for us. AimsTrib.com to read Dylan Monson's coverage uh, at the Combine. Thanks, Dylan. Yeah, thanks, guys. Take care. Yeah, good to talk to Dillamont joining us uh, from the Scouting Combine. Take a time out. Tom Cakert next. We'll preview Rutgers and Iowa with Hawkeye Reports' Tom Cakert. It's Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Keep up with KXNO on Twitter and Facebook. Go to KXNO.com to learn more from 1460 KXNO. Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. An hour from now, we'll give you an opportunity to win some barbecue from Claxons in Altoona. We'll give you four games with the point spread. You get the most rights. You'll get a $35 gift certificate. Runner-up gets $25. We'll take four contestants. We'll do so in an hour. Right now, we're going to speak with Tom Caker at HawkeyeReport.com. In his normal Friday spot, we appreciate this. Tom, uh, good to talk to you. Trent and Ken, how are you? Uh, it's been a... Really interesting week. <laughs> yeah, I'll Since say. Last talk, it's been it's been a little bit of an interesting week. Yeah, glad everybody's glad's behind him. You know what, Tom and Trent and I opened the show with this. Um, you know, after a week and well, not a week after the decades of of bad publicity moves, PR moves. Uh, McCaffrey and Dolph watching this game together in the Iowa locker room, and if it's true, and I have no reason to believe that it isn't because I haven't seen it um, shot down since it's been put out there. This is brilliant. I mean, this the story. Everybody thinks they know the story that you know, no love lost between the announcer and the head coach, and the head coach reaches out to his likewise suspended announcer and says, "Let's watch it together." What a brilliant move, Tom Kakert. Yeah, I I don't think. Um... I heard last night that Dolph's probably going to politely decline. Ah, um, uh, no. He just doesn't want to be a distraction. He feels like he's been a complete distraction this year and just doesn't want to be a distraction from senior day for Nicholas Bear and for the players. And um, and it would be a distraction. It would be. I mean, just yeah. kind of. Strange. I guess. So, I so. guess. Yeah, from the, you're coming from that perspective. I can see that. I can That's see that. Dolph. Dolph Dolph really doesn't ever want to be the story. Sure. So, Dolph so. handled the press conference, I thought, incredibly well a couple days back. He was incredibly contrite. He understood some of the reasoning behind things. It would have been very easy for, I think, a lot of people in that situation to handle it much differently. I think it goes to show you, Gary Dolph, and overall what we've learned during this. There are mistakes. He makes mistakes. But in the end, a really good person. Yeah, he is. Uh, Dolph's one of the best guys out there, and uh, he's just been—he's been wonderful to me over the years. When he didn't have to be, when I was, you know, just starting up and doing things, and he'd always talk to me and ask for my views, and just, you know, he didn't have to do that. And he's a—he's a great guy. He's been great to everybody in on the Iowa beat over the years, and. I don't for a second think that what Dolph did was intentional or anything like that. And I hate seeing him painted in some corners as something that he's not. And, uh, but I, I, you know, I, I think he's learned from it and we all did. I think I learned a lot this week. Yeah. Um, 
Me too. And it's a, it's a good thing. Yep. It's a positive and uh, it'll make Gary a better, better person. Yeah, very well put. And, and, um, and, you know, he'll move forward and, and I look forward to hearing his calls, uh, starting with spring football. Mm. Uh, Tom Cakert, Hawkeye Report, is our guest. Well, Nick Bear, senior day. Uh, Tom, to me, one of the uh, smartest basketball players to have worn the uniform. Really is. he. But, but between his ears, being in, able to anticipate, putting himself in the right spot, overcoming, I don't know, maybe it's unfair to say a lack of athleticism, but doing it with what he's got going as far as his, his understanding of the game levels the playing field in so many respects for him. I love his game. Uh, he's been a terrific Hawkeye and, and a guy that you know walked on and wasn't supposed to have the impact that he's had in his time at Iowa. A great career coming to an end, at least the home portion uh, of his Hawkeye career this Saturday. Yeah, I may have shared this story, but yeah, five years ago, I guess now, um, at his senior year in high school, I w- was over one of the local TV stations doing their Sunday show, and it was after uh, Bettendorf had um, made it to state, I think, and Nicholas was over there. And I'd known him just a little bit um, because he had played with the Quad City Elite with uh, Ethan Happ and some of those guys. And so I'd, I'd followed that team a little bit and been around him. And uh, and he was there with his uh, teammate at the time at Bat North, Dylan Sertillo, who went on to play really well at Augustana here uh, locally. And, um, and I said, Nicholas, where are you going to go? Because you should be, why aren't you getting recruited by D1 schools? You know, not high D1, but at least. You know, a lower D1 mm-hmm. something. And he goes, I just I haven't gotten anything. And he goes, I might, you know, I'd love to walk on at Iowa, but I really haven't heard a ton from them. And I was like, well, oh, that'd be great. You know, and, you know, five years later, mm-hmm. here we are uh, with uh, Nicholas uh, Camp in a career. And I, I saw this in the notes this morning. Only player in program history to score 725 points, 500 rebounds, 100 blocks, 100 steals, 100 three-pointers. Wow. What? Pretty good resume. That's incredible. That's a hell of a career. It really and truly is. And he had to That's build it. himself into yes. this. I, I yes. remember watching him his senior year here at state state basketball, and I said, yeah. "Oh, well, you know, he'll be a he'll be a nice D two kind of player. Can probably yeah. play, you know, center power forward for them. He couldn't shoot the basketball like that. Not not, not a three pointer like to develop into this kind of player. Absolutely incredible." Yeah, I always give his uh, his coach at Bettendorf, Curtis Clark, a hard time. I said, how come you didn't let Bear shoot threes with Bettendorf? <laughs> yeah. I think he only shot one three Isn't that something? his entire time, and that was like just kind of like a, a, a end-of-the-half kind of mm-hmm. eve, and that was it. Mm-hmm. That was his only three that he shot, but he's a testament to if you work hard and you're diligent and you develop uh, that you can have a really good career, and he is – Truly, one of the nicest young men that mm. you'll ever meet. Uh, just fun, kind of a nerd with the Harry Potter <laughs> stuff. Yeah. And, uh, you know, he told me over the summer he went over to England, and, and the big mission there was do all the Harry Potter kind of things. Wow. And, uh, <laughs> so he's just, he, he's a fun kid to be around, and uh, just I'm going to miss him uh, being around the program, and the Iowa program's going to miss him for everything that he did uh, and I mean it's just it's amazing that he's I, I'll never forget we had uh, Andrew Francis on our podcast and he dropped in the bear cage thing just, <laughs> just keep an eye on the bear cage is that where that, that started was, that's where it started Isn't on our podcast something? 
uh, Andrew Francis, yeah. and I said, Barricades, where did, and then I finally got the whole story that they were practicing for a Michigan game, and uh, and uh, Andrew had said something about it. You know, he's got him in the Barricades now, he was Garden <laughs> White, and that's where the legend of the Barricades was born. <laughs> It'll be senior day for him uh, late afternoon against Rutgers. Next year, senior day for Craner. Bohannon, Macy Daly. Will Tyler Cook and maybe even Isaiah Moss be part of those ceremonies a year from now? I would think uh, Moss probably, unless he just wants to be done with school. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I I would think he'll be back. Um, I I just don't. I, I think Cook's plan all along was, yeah, I'm going to be here for this year, but after that, I'm just going right. to take my chances going pro. Gotcha. And, uh, I, I think that's probably. And he's kind of said that during the year a little bit. Just he, I know he's going to put his name in. And why wouldn't a kid? Right, exactly. No. Yeah. I mean, why not? I yeah. mean, you can do it as many times as you want. Why wouldn't Joe Wieskamp Absolutely. put his name in there? I mean, it's just, it, you, you're silly if you don't, because I look at it like it's an internship with uh, a company as a college student. And you can learn from that experience in an internship if you're a regular student going to work for you know, an accounting firm or a law firm or somebody like that. And this is that opportunity for those guys to learn from where they want to be, the people who uh, are your potential future employers. Tom Kankert, Hawkeye Report. Tom, uh, just a... You know, one or one or two on Rutgers on the game itself. I like this Rutgers team. I do. I think that they're clearly getting better. They're no longer, you know, the laughing stock. They're not Baylor football for what they were, um, you know, for for decades. There, they are getting better. And Pykele is is, is a coach to me that's um, he he should have some other schools' attention in this conference because they're going to win some games. I think they got a chance to you know pick somebody off in Chicago. Had a nice win last week over uh, who did they beat Minnesota? Right, I think it was on Sunday yeah. night. Um, yeah. Look, uh, it was it was a prayer that was answered when uh, Wieskamp was able to hit that three and, and knock him off by a couple, uh, 71-69. How do you see this game? I think it's a tricky spot. I really do. Rutgers arrows pointing up. Yeah, it is. It's a tough, tough spot. And, you know, Rutgers said some things after the game, too, about we're going to get him in Iowa City. So I, I remember that, that, yes. That bank, uh, that bank shot didn't sit too well with them, so... I think it's going to be pretty competitive. I do think Iowa's going to come out and play really well um, on, on Saturday. Just just one of those gut feels that they're going to come out and hit some shots and look like the team that uh, you know that played Michigan, uh, you know, last month uh, the, that looked really good and looked really solid and get after it on both ends of the floor. So I I, I do like Iowa tomorrow, but I think Rutgers. If this league is just. I mean, other than I think Northwestern's kind of circling it a little bit, and Northwestern probably circling it a little bit, but for the balance of this year, this this league has been as deep one to fourteen as it's been since mm-hmm. they had the went to fourteen teams. Yep, I agree. Tom, finish up with a little football recruiting, a big recruiting weekend, Junior Day in Iowa City. Any names uh, that a possibility of a commitment this weekend, and who are some of the big ones coming to town? Boy, I'd keep an eye on that uh, Joe Moore kid who's coming back for his second junior day. That just doesn't mm. happen very often. So I would keep an eye on him. He's a big uh, lineman from uh, the St. Louis area. Um, the kid who won't be there this weekend, I don't think, but um, you know, is, was there last Friday for the game. Josh Bolk from Xavier, 
he's getting close to a commitment. I wouldn't be surprised if something popped with him next week. That kind of fits with his timeline. So, uh, you know, he's a really good prospect on the offensive line. Uh, and Iowa always seems to get those in-state offensive linemen. So I, and there's a Jonathan Odom kid from uh, Florida who went to the same high school as uh, Dane Belton, who's a commitment from uh, the last class, who'll be coming in as a freshman. And he's a really highly rated tight end. And uh, Iowa's got to start getting some tight ends yeah. to, to capitalize on on the success of, you know, we'll see Noah and, uh, and TJ at the Combine this week. But they... You know, the, the reputation has started yielding some players, I would think, at a high level here pretty soon. Tom Caker at HawkeyeReport.com. Tom, thank you. We will uh, talk to you next weekend in advance of the uh, finale over in Lincoln against Nebraska. Thank you, Tom. Appreciate it. Okay, thank you. Good to talk to you. Tom Caker at HawkeyeReport.com. So, sadly, doesn't sound like the getting together in the locker room and watching the game together is going to happen. But a good olive branch Absolutely. from Fran. Absolutely. Uh, the 11 o'clock hour is next. Kevin Lehman, Inside the Numbers, Jason Sybil, Miller and Condon, 1460, KXNO.